Hey guys, uh, Nate here. We're going to get to this episode and my conversation with Katie Feeney in a minute here. But before we get started, you know, one of the challenges of recording interviews for this podcast in advance is that, you know, things can happen after the fact that change the color and tenor of the conversation. You know, throughout today's interview, we make mention of the open mic night that Katie was hosting at Dobbs on South Street in Philadelphia. And that's changed. She's no longer there. If you haven't heard, there's been a serious allegation of sexual assault by an employee of the bar of a young woman who was there to see a show. And the investigation by the Philadelphia police is ongoing. So in light of this, and rightfully so, so many bands in the community have been pulling out of their shows from Dobbs. So, of course, I wanted to give Katie a place to address the situation and the severing of her relationship with Dobbs. And she sent me the following statement, which I would very much like to read for you now. She said, quote, Given the very serious allegations, I made the decision to cancel my open mic night at Dobbs on South and am no longer involved with the venue. I am currently looking for a new home for my open mic night and hope to announce that soon. I am devastated by all of this, but I stand with women and all victims of assault, end quote. And honestly, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm disgusted, I'm repulsed, and frankly, I'm fucking angry that this happened. And my heart and support goes out to not just this victim— but to all victims of assault. Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard the hospital one man down rework by Madison Cunningham featuring Remy Wolf yet, but yo. That's my joy. That's my joy. What's good, friends and family, neighbors, near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. Kwai John Jin, a.k.a. Nate 3.0. Back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, I sit down for a chat with Katie Feeney. We talk about her life and her music and her newest project, Roberta Faceplant. And that is coming up in a minute here. But first, what it do, pals? If this is your first spin on the wheel, well, thank you for taking some time to check out the show. And if you are a repeat offender, welcome back. I got so much goody-goody-goodness lined up for you guys coming up down the pipeline, and I just wish I could announce it and drop it right now. But I can't. I cannot wait to share with you guys everything I have been up to. But there is one thing I can share with you, and that is, I just got the word that your boy has been tapped to perform on stage on April 27th at Caveat in New York City as part of The Risk Show. For those of you unfamiliar, Risk is a live show and weekly podcast where people tell true stories that they never thought they'd dare share in public. Risk is created and hosted by Kevin Allison, who you may remember as one of the members of MTV's The State. I am an enormous fan of his, and I am an enormous fan of that troupe. So this is so incredibly humbling, and I am honored to have been selected for this. And I am beyond excited to take the stage in New York City. 
So, if you are in the New York area, come check me out, like I said, on April 27th at Caveat in the Lower East Side. (laughs) Yeah, man, cool shit on the horizon. And the best way to stay on top of all the goings-on, like I say, is to sign yourself up on the mailing list. Visit www.yo-that's-my-john and throw your email in that little pop-up that comes up and boom! You are locked and loaded and ready to get all of these sweet, sweet updates delivered directly to your inbox. And while you're there, if you have ever wanted to rep Yo That's My John on your body, you can click on the shop link while you are there on the website and treat yourself to a t-shirt or, I don't know, some other form of merchandise, however you see fit. And of course, lastly, make sure you are following us on the socials at Yo That's My John. All right, we're going to take a short break, but then my interview with Katie Feeney. My guest today is a singer and songwriter who has been a staple of the Philly music scene for over a decade. Her latest project, performed under the moniker Roberta Faceplant, is an alt-country delight, calling back the classic country of yesteryear, inspired by the greats like Patsy Cline, Dolly Parton, and Loretta Lynn, and fusing that sound with contemporary inspirations like Casey Musgraves, Carrie Ann Hurst, and our former guest, Pearl Charles. It's a sound that is perfectly epitomized in her single, Keep Talking, that is set to be released this Friday, February 24th. Folks, it is my honor to welcome to the show, Katie Feeney. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great Katie Feeney. Katie, thank you for joining me today on Yo, That's My John. I'm as excited as you are. <laughs> what's amazing? <laughs> what's, it's so funny because I literally was just eating dinner with my fiance and I just said to her, I should do a supercut of everybody's reaction when my voice comes booming through, when all of a sudden the persona comes on and the interview starts. Um, and your reaction was absolutely exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. I, I mean, we're, we're, uh, you know, twin flames in that regard too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Once those once those stage lights come on, it's time to go. You know? Shazam! Yeah. <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, um, I'm so excited to be able to uh, talk to you here on the show. Um, it's yes, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, which uh, is famous. Well, for a lot of things, a lot of people know us from that movie, That Thing You Do, and the uh, the One Eaters, <laughs> which is one of the more exciting days when they filmed that movie. Uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, so opposite side on this of the state as to where I live now in uh, South Philly, but uh, kind of made my way across Pennsylvania. I went to Penn State, and then I, um, after college, I did AmeriCorps. I ended up on the Jersey Shore, and then I moved to Philly in 2008. Right in the middle of the uh, World Series win. And I lived right oh, downtown. Geez. Yeah. So it's like uh, anytime we have a full circle moment where people are, you know, packing Broad Street, I'm like, ah, feels right again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> this awesome. This is the Philly I remember from day one. That's um, an awesome welcoming. <laughs> yeah. It re- I mean, I kind of was just like, is this how it always is? And they're like, oh, <laughs> well, not usually, but only when, you know, the fills are good, which is, hey, you know. It's good to be good. No, but Philly, I've been here for a while, um, since 2008. So however many years that is, but 
yeah, born and raised in Erie, Pennsylvania. My parents are still there. Um, so it's nice every now and then I get to go home. Very nice place to visit in the summertime if you haven't. Got some lakes, got some beaches. Can't complain. Yeah. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. Uh, when you were a kid, like what was uh, what were your parents listening to? What was playing around the house? Very different sides of the musical spectrum. Uh, so my dad is very into um, classic rock, classic country, too which we didn't, I didn't share that kind of love for him immediately, love with him immediately. You know what I mean? Um, but he listened to, um, the one thing we could always listen to together was Patsy Cline, which I still love to this day. Um, but yeah, he liked the Beatles. He likes the Eagles. He likes uh, the Southern classic rock, you know, Almond but like that kind of stuff. And um, my mom was more into like, um, like Sade and like Earth, Wind and Fire and like, you know, like, like funky music she could dance to and like reggae, you know, and uh, stuff that my dad, you know, so very, they're very different, but kind of covers it all, you know, under one roof. <laughs> growing yeah, up. It, it's really interesting because it's like your, your two sides of your, of your music uh, career right now is, is kind of bouncing back and forth between your mom and your dad. I, that's funny. You should say that I, they, they kind of are my like both kinds of music, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Um, so like, uh, were, were, were you, um, what was like kind of the first thing you remember being like your own, um, back then? Like when did, what, what did you find yourself drawn to? Oh, like uh, music wise or yeah, 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 man. So I feel like I like we had the radio in the car and I had the radio at home and I would like listen to the radio occasionally. But like the things that like the CDs and tapes that I had were kind of like passed down to me from different family members. My mom's side of the family, very musical. Both her brothers or two of her three brothers uh, music- musicians. Um, and so there was always people being like, oh, you'd like this, you'd like this. And so I remember one of my first cassettes that I would play over and over again was, uh, En Vogue. Yes. Uh, Funky Divas album, uh, <laughs> which came up on my, you know, you asked me for some of my favorite out. Al- well, I don't want to give anything away, but that almost came up as one of my, like, oh, is that one of my, is that my favorite album ever? Like I listened to it a lot. Uh, but I listened to a lot of, yeah, a lot of Michael Jackson, a lot of Mariah Carey, um, but then, like, as I got older, I got into these weird phases, like, uh, like, like 90s country, like the uh, now go by the chicks. Like, I was all over that. And uh, uh, like, that's just some weird stuff, too. Like, I got really into hair metal when I was in high school. I don't know where that came nice. from. So I was a little all over the place, to be honest with you, Nate. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, but some of those early tapes that I remember, like listening to in a Walkman, were En Vogue, uh, Michael Jackson, <laughs> probably like the first two that I played so much that they wouldn't play anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. You ruined them. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, were, were you a musical child? Like, were you um, taking music lessons and stuff like that as a kid? Or Yeah, for sure. We all had to, but I was kind of already interested in that. Um, my mom was just like, everyone has to take an instrument, you know? And uh, I loved to sing. I loved uh, uh, musical theater, and I auditioned for everything growing up as a kid. But like, I was like this tall, in, when I was like eleven, so I never got any parts. Or like, you can't play adult roles. Like, you're way too big to be in the kids, you know, choir. But I loved, I loved musicals. Um, 
I would listen to like Sound of Music soundtrack with my grandma in the car, like over and over again. I have a lot of memories of that. But yeah, that was like, that was, I would say like, that was definitely my thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were, uh, were you like kind of, uh, did you have any interest in like creating your own stuff as a kid? Like were, were you ever like writing I, as a kid? I wrote a lot, but it wasn't music. And it's funny you should say that because um, like I went, I was a journalism major in college and like it was just because it was something that I was always good at and liked to do. And um, it is cool now, like I lyrically, I can just like, oh, like this is kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the same process. And uh, I've even, um, I can get into this later, talking about like some of my new music that I've been working on now. Like one of the songs that I'm putting out very soon is like a readaptation of a poem that I wrote when I was 14 that I like revisited and was like, oh, like these lines jumped out at me. So I'm going to form like a song around this like poem. So yeah, I always was writing. I used to write, like I used to write people little stories and like pass it to them in class and be like, write, finish the story and write back. And like, you know, most people would not. So a couple people, you know, <laughs> entertain me. They're usually like my, my younger brother's friends and I would like torment with these stories that I'd make up about them. But uh, yeah, I always liked writing. I was always very creative as a kid. Um, always did, you know, voice lessons summer theater camps that kind of thing yeah um, what um the you, you said you, you know you weren't successful at, at, at getting roles but did you <laughs> did you ever did you ever get to scratch that itch eventually like uh did you ever get cast in anything eventually or i've never been cast as a, a lead in a theatrical performance i guess that's still like a a bucket list like I did I did a performance recently that had like some elements of, of theater to it. Um my friends Jim and Paula do a thing called Sexton Sideshow here in South Philly. They're the Sextons of the Gloria Day Church. It's like the oldest church um on the East Coast. I always get that fact wrong, but it's a very old, beautiful church. It's right on like Columbus and Christian. I don't know if you've ever driven past okay. there. I don't know um, vaguely where that's at. They they do concerts and music things as fundraisers, uh for the church and they did a, a recreation of oh brother where art thou the movie um so that was the first time in, in since high school where i was like okay like you have to enter stage left like you have like a plot like you have like this is when you're on you have a script like and it was, it was like oh man this is kind of scratching my itch to to actually like try it again but no i never i never really excelled at that no I, you know yeah. um in high school i kind of i did sports and i did theater so it was kind of like never put all my eggs in that in that basket until I like graduated in college and I was like you know what I really I love to sing I want to do this like this is my dream so I kind of like found a way to do it in front of more people for money sometimes like once I got to Philly yeah. um but yeah it did start it did start with like musical theater and um being a kid and kind of like looking up to P I used to, I used to like send my like pictures and like a demo of me singing the national anthem to like Arista records and be like, I would like to be Whitney Houston. I am 12. Could you please listen to my demo? You know what I mean? Like in hindsight, like super That's so embarrassing. Cool. embarrassing. And like, I wish I had that kid's, uh, that kid's confidence a lot lately. You know what I mean? I'm like, you're, you're afraid to shoot off an email to someone that you know and met a hundred times to ask them to receive your work you know what i mean or like someone you like you know uh like i knew we had met before but i've been following you on twitter and like sometimes it takes me like 20 minutes to send an email i'm so scared of like what's gonna be on the other side of it like but yeah deep down there is a 
there's a little 12 year old kid in me that was like, you know, <laughs> trying to get a record I, deal with my, my national anthem demo. <laughs> you, you are, you are speaking right to me because that is exactly like if I had half of the, like even just a fraction of the confidence I had as a kid. Of your younger self. Were you a creative kid too? I was, you know, like, um, it's really weird because, um, one of my favorite toys growing up, um, was a tape recorder, like one of those Radio Ah, Shack tape recorders. I had that too. Yeah. And I used to just like, it's, it's funny because like, I don't know that I've ever connected it, but I used to do like radio shows for myself. Me too. And like like, now that's my thing. Like now I'm, that's, I'm literally doing the same thing except for occasionally other people talk to me while I do it, you know? Oh man. I knew I liked you. I bet we had the same model too. Was it like, did it have like a red, like a plastic red and like like the stripe kind of on it? Yeah, of course. I would take take that on on the bus. Like we went to see Phantom of the Opera, which uh, early influence. I like after we saw Phantom of the Opera in uh, Toronto, maybe grew up in Erie. So it was, you know, it was a bus ride. You had to like sit next to Sally. You're there for a couple hours. I think we're in eighth grade. So, you know, prime prime hanging out on the bus with your friends time and i brought this recorder and we uh i taped everybody like around the bus and we, we called it the train show i don't know why we called it that um but like to this day one of my best friends from sixth grade we still have inside jokes about like our radio show but yeah i used to record everyone and like have my own little run my own little skits i'd make up my own commercials like <laughs> yeah yeah you know the and and it's funny because the other thing is is um and i i just had this breakthrough um my my breakthroughs are never anything that are going to help me psychologically they're only things that like <laughs> help me like i'm like oh creativity um but was um i was also very obsessed with um johnny carson growing up and I realized okay. that, like, oh, of course, I'm. This is where I ended up interviewing people because that's what I always wanted to do was just be Johnny right. Carson. Uh, but yeah. you know, you talk about musical theater. I was the same way. Like, I was always in the chorus. I was always, you know, a dancer or like cowboy number two or something like that. Yeah, man. Like, I was. I was very, very frequently a something number two. Like, yeah, wench, exactly. Wench number two was probably my biggest role. <laughs> <laughs> but like, my dream was always like. I have two, uh, I might have mentioned it on here before, but my two dream roles, uh, hands down, is yeah. um, uh, Danny Zuko in Greece. I always wanted oh, to be nice. Danny Zuko. And I always wanted to be, and this is weird because not really, well, kind of the lead, but not really the lead. But uh, I always wanted to be Brad Majors in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's like my main dream. And I'm going to do it someday. It's going to happen, even if I have to, like, put the production on myself. <laughs> I think you would be a very good Brad. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Um, that, those I, are good ones, though. I like both of those. <laughs> both yeah, those shows. That, that's my those those are my north star. Um, but so you know, so you're in school and you're and you're creative and stuff like that. Uh, how did you decide on Penn State? Did you uh, apply to a bunch of places, or was that like your, your where you wanted to be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, it's funny because my parents, like on graduation day, had this like letter ready to give to me that I had like written but not given to them about like how much I didn't want to go to Penn State, you know? Because <laughs> I did. Um, it's funny. I was, uh, you know, in preparing for the show, I was listening to uh, Kristen Curtis's interview that you did on your podcast, and I was like, oh gosh, this is like very similar to my life. Like, <laughs> one of the reasons I like her probably too. Like, I wanted to go to school for musical theater. Like, I wanted to go to school for singing. And they're like, maybe we could be a little bit more practical with college, you know? Um, So my whole family, it's a Penn State family. Like, my dad went to Penn State. My cousin Chris went to Penn State. He was, uh, like, a 
you know, third string on the 94 Rose Bowl team. So like, oh, wow. it's a Penn State family. My, 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 uh, like we have a, we have, they have like a place to stay at Penn State because it was cheaper to like have a condo than to rent a, a hotel for eight football games a year. Like, like, like we're a Penn State family. I went there. My brother went there. My sister went there. My mom's the only one in the family that didn't go to Penn State. So it was kind of like, you know, like, oh, you want to go to college? Like you could go, you could go to Penn State. But I had a blast. Obviously, I went to main campus, which is a lot of fun. Um, but singing kind of was on the back burner there. Um, I didn't really. I didn't like, I, I guess like in a way I was like, well, I'm not going to New York. I'm not going to school for musical theater. So like, you know, what's the point? There wasn't yeah. a super strong music program at Penn State either. It's not what it's known for, you know? Um, so I like, yeah, like four years of like not really tapping into any of that creativity. I was a fitness instructor and that was like one of the only ways I was like got to be creative so I could like make up classes and like build dance routines and like it took some like took a bunch of dance and I, I love dance too. I took a bunch of dance in, in college but like just for electives you know like sure. Um, I was never like no teacher ever like encouraged me to be like to like go forward in a creative field you know what I mean like I remember like always trying to include myself, especially in, I went to like a performing arts high school and, uh, you know, so teachers would really try to discourage me from taking on extra art stuff. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Um, you can't stop, but, you can't stop that drive. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I'm just like, this is what I like to do. And like, you know, I like to, there's like things I like to do that are creative. That I'm not great at. Like, I love like painting. I love sketching, like doodling and like, you know, um, but singing was something that I was like, I really want to make this work. Like, this has been my dream. Like, I will not forgive myself if I don't try. After I had done college and I got a sensible degree and I did sensible work for, you know, how long have I been out of school? Nate? I don't know. It's been 20 years plus, 25. I don't know how long I've been out of college, but um, I had my 20th high school reunion recently. So I know it's like at least 20 something. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know. It's kind of just like uh, you can't. I've learned my, you know, my epiphany sometimes. I think your epiphany was a life changing one, by the way. I don't sell yourself short that you said before, oh. but like, yeah, like you know that that you can't you can you can't rely on other people's validation. I struggle with this so much, you know. But like, you got to just do it. Like, if it makes you happy, you got to just like make and create and put your blinders on and enjoy that process. And I'm trying to get back into that after. You know, like, I feel like pandemic was like a couple tough years of like trying to like force creativity when you just were drained. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, dropped it for a couple of years when I was in, uh, on the Jersey shore, I worked at a restaurant that had like, uh, music, I had like a piano guy on Monday nights. And so I was like the Monday night server and I would get sucked into like singing along with the piano guy. Cause I would get extra tips. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and it wasn't until I moved back to Philly that I was like, all right, like, I'm just going to like Craigslist, like find people who need a singer. And that was chaotic and wild until I found some of the right people, you know, and then uh, I've been, yeah, I've been here in Philly trying to, trying to sing for my supper ever since, man. I did. I, I worked for a couple of great nonprofits uh, along the way, but I keep quitting them because i'm just like i can't i can't give you my whole self and try to do this with my whole self like and i 
am getting older with each year. I just feel like I can't put it off anymore. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what, that's, that's been my journey, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, the side check there into the, the, um, nonprofits, you were the director of development for what, six and a half years for rock to the future. That's not just research uh, guy. I like know, that. You know, that's, <laughs> I do my Googles. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but no, like, that's not just like a, a temporary thing. That's, that's a hefty chunk of time putting quality work cool. in. I got to sit down with Jeff craft recently who's the executive director and her and josh are the founders and we kind of reflected like we really like you know the three of us said more but for like the first couple years i it was the three of us we we're the only full-time staff and the three you know we all like working together with like really cool donors and really cool you know donors and volunteers just like built that thing up to now it's like I don't even know how many kids they're serving now. Probably thousands. Uh, when I left, it was like hundreds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I uh, I was a development director there. I uh, like learned a lot along the way. It was really cool to work with them. And we got to do some really, really cool things. Uh, got to work with the Eagles. Got to go to Firefly. Like, um, It's cool seeing them. Like, They're still like kind of kicking ass. So when, when I was there, one of the bucket things that like we tried to do is like, we really wanted to work with Kevin Bacon cause he's a musician and he has like Philly roots. And, uh, they finally got him. They finally got through to him. And, uh, he recorded a song where the rock to the future kids are singing on the end. They got to like go in the studio and record with the bacon brothers. Um, so it's cool. Yeah. Like when, when I was there, we got to, uh, like, um, teach um some of the players like the kids got to teach the players how to play instruments from the eagles so like uh we did some cool stuff we did some really cool stuff and they're yeah they're still they're still going so i always you know send people their way when they're like i want to get involved in like you know giving back musicians i'm like oh they could absolutely use your help up there so um yeah they're good people doing good work it was a it was fun it was a lot of fun, but yeah, a lot of work. You know what I mean? Like nonprofit jobs, especially are a lot of work. Like, you know, it's not a 40 hour job. It's, it's nights and weekends and you're thinking about it all the time. Yeah. Um, and especially when there's kids involved, like you get so attached to these kids and you really want to go the extra mile for them. And I mean, they do that. Like they're, they, they moved kids into college. Like that's beyond what was called upon. Like Justin Josh is like people who started this nonprofit. So like you really get, you know, it's like it's like building a whole new family. Uh but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, six and a half years or so. And so I left there, Nate, in the end of like November 2019. Cause I was starting to pick up some steam with you do you. Oh, I'd like, you know, like I was thinking about like doing this country thing too. I was like, all right, this is it. This is my time. Like I'm going to quit my full-time job and I'm going to do music full-time in November, 2019. Now, if you're paying attention, yep. you know, it was lurk, lurking right around the corner, like gritty with the fucking baseball bat. Mm -hmm. So that was tough. It's still tough. It's still tough. There's like a layer of like, you know, being like, your circumstances didn't allow any of us to really shine or be successful. And now we're kind of relearning everything all yeah. of us you know 
Even and, as uh, listeners, like I, I've been going to a, a lot of shows recently where I'm just like, do you people not remember that there's someone on stage performing? Like, I feel like everybody's just kind of learning how to do this all again. Yeah. It's weird. How do I interact in society? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was, I, it's funny now, but at the time I was like, oh man, I ended up um, very quickly getting another part-time, very part-time contract uh, job with a different nonprofit that I stayed with like during the pandemic uh, called The Crossing. And they are a professional um, choral ensemble, Grammy award-winning, the focus on new music. And they did some cool things during the pandemic that like kept me inspired. Um, outdoor shows with every, you know, person mic'd. They did some shows that like people were mic'd throughout different places in the woods as you walked through a trail in the forest and the whole thing was like a sonic experience. So, wow. Yeah. You know, like the, it, there was still some gems of inspiration in the last two years for sure. But, uh, but yeah, at first it was like a rough thing to kind of, kind of reckon with that. Like I'm trying to do this so hard and I feel like I just keep encountering these giant obstacles that like are testing me. You know, like to see how hard I really want this, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it feels see, like the, to me, it seems like it's been nonstop. Like, and and that's what breeds like awesome, awesome work. Like, I, I mean, like, no, I'm mean, seriously. Like, you know, you you mentioned kind of like the uh, the performing arts high school where people were kind of like trying to limit the art you were creating and all. It's it's been nothing but obstacles, and you fought yeah. through it because like it's what it's your passion. It's what you want, and no one should be able to stop you from that. Maybe not even a coronavirus. You know, like, <laughs> maybe. Not- not even yourself, Nate. Maybe that's, not even yourself. That's exactly <laughs> right. You got to fight through it. Um, but you, you, you mentioned um, you do you in there. That started what, like 2012 um, ish, somewhere around there, right? Yeah. Um, how did yeah. how did that project come together? Um, I had uh, been in a band called Born Pilot right when I moved here. And we were really good. And then they kicked me out. They like went in a different direction. Yeah. They're like, we don't want a woman singer. Uh, (laughs) But uh, uh, so then I was devastated. I was just like, I'm going to teach myself guitar. And I tried, but I wasn't great. Um, And I, at the time, worked at a different nonprofit called Clean Air Council. Um, My prior said rocks the future nonprofit experience was all in the like environmental advocacy world, which is a whole other story. Um, but my coworker, I was kind of like crying to her about it. You know how I was just like, I want this so badly. And I keep, you know, like I got kicked out of this band. I was so excited about like, and I'm going to learn guitar, but I'm struggling to teach myself. She's like, well, my roommate drew just sits in his room and plays guitar all by himself. He's pretty good. So I bet he would teach you. And I'd met him one or two times before. And I was like, all right, it's someone I know, you know, see like an upstanding, trustworthy gentleman. So I'll, you know, so I tried to learn guitar from Drew. And I got to about the F chord before I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. You're really good. How, do you want to play guitar? And like, we could start a band. Um, uh, in between, I had like a duo project with my friend Adam Rivera uh, when we were calling ourselves the externals, but, um, and I love Adam, 
very much his music with me singing. And I had kind of like my own music inside of me. So I started working uh, with Drew, who's now my husband. Uh, we got married in 2018. Um, but at the time, it was just like, we were working on these silly songs. Like, I remember one of the first songs we wrote was like a song about how I loved Chase Etley and how I was going to like kidnap and kill his wife so we could be together. It's a little dark, but, uh, you know, never released, never released that one for obvious reasons. Throw that on Bandcamp. I want to hear that. <laughs> you know what? I might re- do like a little like audio recording of it and just, just send it to you. Like, just okay. Email I'm cool it with to that you. too. Yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> we probably have a recording somewhere from back in the back in the uh, uh christian street basement days so we were working on a bunch of new songs and um kind of organically like had a bunch of friends who were in other bands at the time were kind of breaking up um and we're like hey you need a bass player <laughs> like do you think you need a key player and i was like yeah you want to be in the band like be in the band christ that'd be great so um uh, alex baranowski who's still our bass player um was in a band when i first moved here called the new connection and uh so he he joined on bass and then uh at the time our friend curls wilson who since moved to michigan had a band called curls wilson his real name is willie nelson like his born birth certificate name is willie nelson but his stage name is curls wilson so we all call him we all call him that because it's like less weird than calling someone willie nelson <laughs> people get confused when you say willie nelson you're like no not sure. Willie nelson my friend willie nelson so curls was our keyboard player and uh we had tony unander um my very good friend who's now in secret american um just not sure if you heard of that that band those are all our good friends uh and uh so yeah like that was the start of the band tony moved to brooklyn and then we put out a Craigslist ad for a drummer. We had two people that we thought we could audition. The first guy really didn't work out it to the point where I went into like a depression. I was just like, whatever, the band's over, you know? And then the second guy was Aaron, who's been our drummer for the past, like, you know, nine years or eight years, however many, uh, <laughs> uh, since he since he joined the band. And then similarly, we were playing as five piece for a while. We had a lot of good momentum right when we started, like, in 2004, we formed in like 12, 2012, 2014, we released an EP and an album in the same year. And then, and then, you know, shit kind of got real. And uh, it took us a little bit longer to like get the next one together. Um, but uh, Vince Tampio approached me somewhere in that time, 26, 15, 6, I'm bad at this but somewhere like halfway through mark and said hey you need a horn section and i was like you want to play <laughs> so uh when curls moved away uh we didn't you know we had a couple people play keys with us for a while but then what we landed on which we, has been our formation for the last year which i, I think is going to be like the solid udu formation moving forward is three-piece horn section two guitars uh now we're in big old eight piece which is super fun for scheduling but it's very fun on stage, so it makes it a little bit worth it. Um, but yeah, yeah, UDU's been kicking along, and uh, like UDU isn't going anywhere. I've been focusing on Roberta a little bit more because I have new music coming out. But I did just land a couple. Uh, I can't. I don't think I can say them yet. But I did just land a couple good festivals for summer that have put a little bit of wind back in my sails. You know, to to keep the keep the band working on the new music that we were kind of working on, like slowly, like UD was definitely like a pandemic pod. Like we tried to 
stay together and like only like we would rehearse, but like we were the only people that we would see, you know, yeah. um, sometimes. So yeah. So yeah, UD is coming on, I guess like this is a year 11 for us, which is crazy. Uh, and a lot of that with the same lineup, which is cool. So those are definitely my, my brothers, like, that's my family. I love those oh, guys. That's amazing. Um, yeah. was, now, you know, you, you have mentioned, um, Roberta Faceplant, um, and, and, you know, that, that, that comes out, uh, when, when did you start, uh, performing under the, like 2018? Is that what I read or? Yeah. And I, uh, I told this story on a, the other show I was on, uh, on crack radio uh, with my friend Sean recently. And it made me laugh. Cause I was like, yeah, that is how it started. I was in a Led Zeppelin band cover band. Um, and my friend Mike had given me the name Roberta Faceplant, like as a joke, like he's like, you should go by that when you're singing in your Led Zeppelin I band. I never would have put it together, but it makes yeah. so the second but you I said like, it, I was like, Oh, so I was like, dude, that's a great stage name. I'm going to put that in my back pocket. Um, so that the, the Led Zeppelin band broke up and, uh, I was um, one of my favorite singer songwriters was coming to perform at Boot and Saddle, rest in peace. Uh, Maggie Kerner, who I'm not sure if you've heard of. She um, sometimes sings with like Galactic and like the Revival, the Revivalist. Oh, okay. gosh, tongue, tongue tied. Um, she's from New Orleans and she's uh, she's like performed at Jazz Fest. Like she very rarely comes up this far north on on a tour. And I saw um, one of the benefits of like (laughs) being addicted to the internet kind of is like, you see shows as soon as they're announced. Mm -hmm. So like with some promoters, I'm first in line to be like, Hey, I got your email 45 seconds ago. Do you need local support for this act? You know what I mean? (laughs) And so I did, I did that. Um, Jeff Myers at the time was working at boot and saddle. Great guy. uh, Who's now at world cafe live doing a talent book in there. Or it was last time I talked to him. Hope he's still there. And, uh, he uh, was like, well, Katie, you know, you use a little bit, not the right fit for this. Would this be like the launch of your solo project? And I was like, yes, 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 it would. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it would be. That, how'd you know? It, yes, that's exactly what I'm reaching out about. Like, yeah. And he gave it to me. So then I was kind of like, all right, well, I got to. I don't, the, the UDU songs, like, we'll do a couple of those, but like, I need to write a bunch of new songs for this gig that I've kind of like, like successfully bluffed for my, myself, you know? And uh, that was a great show. We packed the place. I'll never forget that show. Um, uh, but like, I had written a couple songs that didn't make it past that show. And then some songs that I'd written for you do you when I was learning guitar back in the early days that like didn't really make the cut with you do you anymore because they were a little bit too, a little bit too country. Too co- yeah. um, so I took them back. There's two songs that I haven't released yet that I will next time I, you know, next time I get back in the studio, I'll be working on hopefully an album for Roberta. But some of those songs will be songs that I wrote in like 2010 that like didn't make it as UDU songs. So I was like, okay, I got to pull them into the Roberta set. Um, but after that, it was kind of like, okay, stop, take a step back. Like, what is this act and what does it sound like? Because, like, part of the thing I, well, not did wrong, but one of the things that's been challenging about UDU is that, like, a lot of people don't know where to put us. Um, you know, it's it's like, it's not quite 
jam bandy enough, but like we do fit in on those jam band festivals a little bit. And it's not quite like, you know, neo soul entirely, but like we could fit in with some of those artists. So like uh, a little bit rock and roll, but like, I don't know that we, you know, like we're not like a, like a, like a band that's played on like rock stations necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so um, like, what are we? But with Roberta, I was like, with all that you've learned, from you to you, like take a step back. Like, what is this? What is this band? What is your sound? What is the brand? Like, where do you fit in? You know? Um, and along the way, just writing songs, I've kind of found a lot of inspiration in this emerging alt country movement, which is like a really like explosive, like up and coming scene. Um, and there's so many cool artists, a lot of them women who are like trying to like change what country music is really seen as uh, and like what it can be. So yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm very excited. About it. I've been writing a lot of country songs that like lyrically, you know, in like in, in terms of like creativity, going back to, you know, full circle on this convo, like a country song is like a story, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like writing a, you know, there's characters, there's character development, like, it's kind of take me back to that, you know, that childhood place of creativity a little bit to write these, like these, these ballad songs that are, are storytelling. So uh, country music gives a little bit more weight to that. I think then maybe my, maybe the funk music does. Um, but uh, yeah, see the thing about me, Nate is I'm going to go into a lot of tangents here. So you got, you might have, to rain, might have to rein me in every now and then, but <laughs> No, no, it's perfect. Find, find yourself being like, what was the question? What I'm talking about, you know, my cornbread recipe. Like, how do we get here? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Um, so, so how did you decide um, to do uh, everything is trash first as like the kind of coming out party for uh, a recording as Roberta Faceplant? <laughs> oh, well, I write a lot of things that are political. Um, with you do you, it's a little bit easier to kind of like hide it in the sauce, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you might not know if you're if you're just like jamming to the riffs, like, oh, this is an anti-capitalist anthem. You know what I mean? Like, but with the country songs, I remember I was just like furious. Um, that song definitely like, you know, is a is a is a is a President Trump era song. Uh and I sometimes to move through an emotion for me, I have to like get it on paper <laughs> um, and whether it turns into a song or not, you know, like some of my notes, I remember like Drew showed me, he's like, this is pretty aggressive. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I don't know if you should say this. Okay. Uh, well, at least I got it out on paper, but, but no, everything was trash. It was just kind of like the culmination of a, you know, like it is the pandemic. This is all garbage, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. You know, uh, I feel like you're picking up what I'm putting down. But yeah, that was that was where that came from. And uh, uh, Drew uh, is from Georgia. So he's got a lot of that like country boy in him. So it was fun for him, you know, kind of collaborating on at home for me to be like uh, a lot of times, like when we're writing songs, either he'll come up with a riff and I'll come up with the melody and lyrics to it. Or sometimes like I come up with something in my head and I have to try to explain it to him with like onomatopoeia. <laughs> like, and then the guitar goes, a bit of ding, 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 you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Can you yeah. do it like that? You know, and he's just like, all right. He's to try to like, 
figure out what I mean. Um, and so we did a lot of everything is trash remotely with people too. My friend Lucas Kazinski, um, he has a studio north uh, in like northern Philly um, called Sleepless, and he did the drums there. Uh, and then we did the guitars and vocals here. And then we sent it all back to him. Uh, and like, so yeah, like I, it was, uh, I kind of forgot that when I was like talking about the album and I'm like, oh my God, Luke, you played drums on this. Like <laughs> you played drums on this by yourself, like alone, you know, like how did we pull this off? Uh, but yeah, so that's where that one kind of came from. It's just kind of like the pent up, you know, rage about everything that was going on around me kind of had to put it into a song uh but people latched onto that i was i was pleased with how that was received and that was also you know kind of like a wind in my sail to like okay maybe maybe you should uh take another you know step forward with this country thing maybe you should just like keep going um so yeah it's been good even this time around uh like with my releases like it happened this is the second time it happened where like i didn't i didn't pitch kexp like i woke up to like you know, so-and-so at KEXP email addresses paid a dollar for your song. And I'm like, dude, what? How do they know I exist? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> like, amazing. So it's cool. It's gay. I, I'm excited that Roberta is gaining traction. It's cool. Um, it's like a whole new world for me. And there's kind of like a new world of possibilities, uh, especially given like the current, con- the landscape of country music right now. Like there's like, there's room for someone like me and that feels cool for once, you know? How does it how does it feel uh, performing um, uh, under the Roberta Project without eight people behind you? It's uh, it's different. Um, I mean, I'm kind of the same. Well, the, I'll say I'd say I got the same energy, but uh, like I do kind of get into the character of Roberta a little bit more because I'm not hiding behind like you know three horns and two soloing guitars. Like we do like to still have two soloing guitars. Cause that just makes it a little bit more fun. Yeah, um, sure. so like, or at least like, uh, you know, like sometimes we have clarinet playing with us, uh, you know, some of the, some to make it different, but yeah, I kind of slip into the character of Roberta a little bit more. I I'm really trying not to talk in a country accent when I do it, but it's really, it's very hard sometimes. It's very hard. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> once you, once you get it, once you get into it, like it, 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 it can take you over very quickly. <laughs> I, um, I, I have a, a little in my, in my original, um, past, I have a little, uh, art alt country phase where I wrote, oh. um, I actually talked to somebody about this or, uh, recently. Let's hear I, it. I performed one of the songs at, um, the open mic night at the Royal in Glenside recently and as i was like introing it i told this story about how it's one of four songs from a mini rock or alt country rock opera that i wrote based around the concept of um, peter pan as somebody dealing with depression and they were like oh my god can you just play that and i was like no uh, you don't want to hear it you this one song is really good but the rest is just so like (laughs) Um, I want to hear the whole thing. I'm going to sign you up as a featured artist at Dogs Open Mike so that you can perform the Just whole thing for me. Yeah, do the whole pan. Okay. And honestly, right. my our sound engineer Lev will love that because Lev has also written a country opera. So you guys would you guys should connect. <laughs> okay, all right. I might I might have to take you up on that. Then. Yeah, um, you really should. <laughs> no, it, but but you know, um, writing in that style. Um, I do find um, very easy to get 
um, descriptive and to, like you said, tell a story. Like it, it just, it, 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 it sets itself up well to be able to kind of um, birth that kind of creative challenge of like not just painting a picture, but also, you know, a beginning, a middle and end. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, a friend of mine made me do a song of the month contest where he gave me like a, like a songwriting prompt. He's like, write a, a love song, an unrequited love song to an inanimate object. And I was like, this is fun. This is like, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like country yeah. music lends itself to that. I'm like, all right. Okay. All, Drew was saying the other day, he's like, all you need to write a good country song is like a funny phrase and like build around that, you know? <laughs> yep. What, uh, what's your, what's your, I made this joke one time. Like, what's too your, many cooks in the kitchen, you know? So I'm like, okay, great. What's the yeah. song, you know? <laughs> what, what is, it's it, to me, the recipe is what is your cliche and what is your false sentimentality? Because yes, it's like, I love that. I love like, that. That's you great. know, or or general sentimentality, I guess better describes it. The the thing that everybody experiences, but you pretend only happened to you, you know? <laughs> the false sentimentality thing though, that made me smile. Cause you know who's really great at that is like early Casey Musgraves. Yes. Um, very, it's like <laughs> nailing nailing what you're saying. So I'm total I totally get it. Um, so, so you're, you're currently releasing uh, a bunch of stuff, uh, by the time this airs, I, I've figured it out, um, date wise, uh, when it'll be. Um, so, um, no, I didn't, I did figure it out. Give me two seconds, <laughs> two seconds. I'm going to edit this out. I, I had the date because I was just like, because I had this sentence planned and I thought I wrote it down and I literally didn't. <laughs> no, you're doing great. It's our first blooper. We're doing pretty good. <laughs> so like we were just talking about uh, the new songs, uh, Friday, your new song, <laughs> your new song, Keep Talking, will be coming out in advance yes. of the Bricket Lounge show. Actually, I'm probably going to leave all this in because it's really funny. <laughs> but, <laughs> this is um, how the sausage gets made, this people. Is a, dude, it's just it's it's very confusing to do things and then have them scheduled in the future, and then you forget what day it is, and you're like, I think oh, it just came trust out. Trust me. Coming. But anyway, I, I keep you. talking. Which, uh, <laughs> which yeah, keep talking, Nate. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works on level. Um, but uh, keep talking is the third of of three releases um, that started with two gunslingers uh, all the way back in January, which we're not still currently in or anything like that. But not uh, <laughs> even close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but so um, what was kind of the um uh the idea of doing uh these three songs because uh, do you, you have more than this and so like what specifically you know especially starting off with like a a, a nice deep cut tom petty cover it is very funny that you say that because my my initial intention was to release an ep okay and i was working on these songs um with drew aaron from udu did the drums Drew did all the other instruments and we recorded them at Cambridge sound studio with my friend Todd. And, you know, we're getting to the point we're mixing them. We're almost done. And I'm having this just like conflict. I'm like, what's the story? Like these have nothing to do with each other. Mm. And so I, that was kind of a freeing moment for me. I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter that you've been saying for a year that you're going to release an EP. You can change your mind. And release three singles like <laughs> yeah so really it was kind of kind of like getting the songs 
just out of me and out into the world. We did those three um, because they were like, they're formed, they're ready to go. Um, uh, the two gunslingers cover, we'd been doing live a bunch and it resonated well. So I said, Hey, you know, I've never released a cover. So I think this would be a good one to see, see how it's received. Cause I kind of wanted to get my version out there. Yeah. It was like personally important to me. The second song sunbeams also personally important to me was written, uh, in response to like, in memory of my, my cousin who passed away in 2021 and uh so that was just also kind of like a song that i had to just get like out like and honestly like into the ether like as something to remember a loved one by like i'm more and more realizing like how powerful how powerful that is and then keep talking is really kind of like just to show like this is where i'm headed moving forward so a lot of the new songs that aren't recorded yet that we've been playing live. Um, and even some of the ones that are still in my notebook, you know, are kind of more this like kind of pulling from all these different inspirations into finally finding like, what is my voice? Like, what is, what does Roberta Fee explain it sound like? Like, what is this going to be moving forward? And uh, so that I would say is like emblematic of where I'm, I'm headed. And that's why I picked it as the last of the three releases to kind of leave them with something like, okay, like wait for what's next. That's going to be uh, you know, hope yeah. this inspires you to know what it might, what the, what the future might be like. So, um, and honestly, the uh, keep talking uh, is like, kind of like a country story loosely based on real experiences. Um but also kind of like taking inspirations from like all the other country songs that you hear where like the band's just no good, but you can't quit them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like that's a popular trope in uh, some of the classic country songs that I really love, like the Dolly Parton songs and the, Loretta, the oh my gosh, Loretta Lynn. That's a tongue twister. Um, Patsy Klein even too, you know, they all went there. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about Keep Talking. I'm really excited for everyone to hear it. That one seems to be a fan favorite of the three. So I'm glad that uh, that you dig that one. And uh, yeah, that after that, I'll have to hit the studio and uh, hopefully be coming back with like an album. And I'll try not to take as long as I last time. <laughs> in, um, in, in not just in these three songs, um, but in, you know, writing the new stuff and the stuff in the notebooks and trying to find that voice. Is there anything that's kind of surprised you that came out of nowhere that you were like, oh, I didn't expect to kind of approach that like that? Or, um, I think that there, there's one song that's like in the, in the works that, uh, I'm like, if I actually say what I mean on this song, it's going to get me in a whole lot of trouble. And the the hook, the title of that, the chorus of that song is called Mediocre Men in Music. And oh, I, I love it. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to write it, but uh, we'll see how. We'll see. We'll see um, if I change the names to protect the innocent or not. <laughs> now, let's say you play uh, mediocre men in music at the open mic night. Are there any people who show up who might feel um, uh, singled out? <laughs> I would love it if someone thought it was about them and I'd be like, honey, if that shoe fits, you put it on and walk <laughs> a mile in it. You go right ahead. 
<laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's so great. I'm a, I, I, I used to host open mic nights and like, uh, Oh yeah. yeah where? I, um, I did, um, there was, um, so in the suburbs, there's a place called Tex-Mex Connection. And, um, hey, that, that was, sounds like my kind of place. Nate. It is your kind of place. Um, and that's where I kind of got my start. That's where I found my stage persona. That was like everything. So like I hosted an open mic night there. I did one in a bowling alley called um, Lands Bowl that burned to the ground. But the bar <laughs> in there, we had an open mic night called Spare Time. Okay? <laughs> and um, and we actually soundboard <laughs> recorded every single night. And that's cool. And they all exist. And I've been threatening for years to do either a podcast or something where I just like do like what a night at spare time would have been like. And and the title of that podcast, I think I already said this before, but I'll say it again, is uh, Legends in Their Spare Time. <laughs> anyway, so uh, um, but the, the big open mic night that we used to host, me and my buddy Randy, uh, we were in a band called the Impact Players back in the day. And we hosted um, when Kildare's was in Headhouse Square. I okay. forget what it is now. Um, but oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. The nah, it's slipping nah. my mind. I used to work yeah. at Written House. I just can't think of it. I can't either. But anyway, <laughs> um, we were there. We were there for a while, and that was like um, that was that was cool. I, 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 those are those are some days I miss. But but what I was getting at was um, some of the people that came through really really do feel themselves, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, honestly, sometimes the more uh, the more different people's acts are or like the more uh let's say like unpolished sometimes i like that sometimes yeah. i like those ones more <laughs> yeah like wake me up i love i love open mic because you never ever know what someone's going to do you know what I mean? like, yeah exactly <laughs> and like those are the those were always the nights that always like blew me away is like when someone would come in and i'd be like oh this is gonna be terrible and then like they do something completely crazy and i'm like oh my god that was the coolest thing i've ever seen you know like, <laughs> no for sure it's definitely like um i'm i'm at dobbs every wednesday and Sometimes it's a really late night, but like I wouldn't trade it for anything because like, yeah, seeing people who don't know they're good, learn that they're good or like seeing someone who is so good, who's just like isn't like a recording or performing artist. They just like write songs and they share them every week. And that's like that's their that's the as far as they want to go or they're happy, you know, and it's like. Over the last year, I've had people, you know, say, like, this is the first time anyone's giving me a stage for 20 minutes because I have featured artists that get to play like a little bit longer than two songs. Um, Like last week, I had this young woman who's new to town who like blew me away on her ukulele. And it's her it was her first performance with her full band. Um, Like. I it like brings a little, you know. My heart grows three sizes each week. Nate. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's yeah, cool like, to be a part of that. Like, it's special. You know, it's no gatekeepers. Like, everyone's cool. Like, it doesn't matter if you suck or you're learning or you're, you know, like, yeah. There's room for everybody. I love open mic. <laughs> some of my, yeah, some of my favorite open mic night, uh, memories are like watching people, like like you were saying, that's their first night playing and stuff like yeah. that. And they're full of nerves, and then like within a year of like coming out and just playing and all, it's like, dude, do you want my job? Because I think you're better than me now. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I always love that. Like, and it yeah. always feels like it, there's always a piece of me whenever like I see those people shine, where I'm just like, ah, man, I'm glad I could help. Like 
get you out somewhere. It's literally, you know, oh my God, another breakthrough. Another thing about this podcast that I love is like these people (laughs) that I just, that I just want to like, I want everybody to listen to and, and, and you're definitely one of them. Like you are so incredibly talented and you write very, very awesome music. And I'm really excited for the Roberta Faceplant experience to, to, to grow and blossom because I want to hear what's next. Like it's really exciting I appreciate that. You're, you're, you're a, you're a mama bird. Like I said, from the beginning, two seconds in this interview, I was like uh, twin flame. I like this guy. I like this guy. (laughs) Well, at this time you want to go through the Jauntlet. These oh, are shit. my, uh, these right. are my I'm questionnaires. Little, I'm a little scared about some right. of these. All right. All right. It starts with the one hit wonders. Billy Joel or Elton John? I'm going to go with Sir Elton John, J A W N, for the I sake love it. of I today. Love it. <laughs> uh, next one Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? We're going to go Debbie Harry here. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these are easy. I let you. I'll let you know when I have complaints. When you got it. When you got a yeah. challenge. Okay. Some of these okay. were just like boom, boom. Uh huh. Easy. Aretha Next Franklin one. or Tina Turner. Now this one I resented this question, <laughs> <laughs> but I did end up circling Aretha. Okay. And I'm still. I love a Tina Turner. I love <laughs> Tina. I mean, like I just that one was hard for me. That was hard for me. That one was very hard. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, Nirvana or Pearl Jam. I know you're not going to like this, but I'm going to go with Nirvana. I'm mm, not a huge, okay. I was, I'm not as. <sighs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh my God. You're so mad at me. You're I'm not, so I'm mad. I'm really not. Look, you, I like a Nirvana. You I can't just... see his face. You can't see his face. He's mad at me. He's mad. <laughs> they know. They know. They know. <laughs> They've been with me long enough. They know. No, I'm, it doesn't make me mad. But um, how does that feel? Um, hosting the open mic night at Dobbs. Nirvana played there. That's it fucking mind blowing. Yeah, it comes. A lot of people will get on that stage and cover Nirvana and like have a little moment of like, whoa, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, I like I love Nirvana. I uh, uh, in my Roberta act, we're, we've been working on a, a country cover of uh, "Jesus Don't Want Me for a Sunbeam," which I know is like a cover to begin with, but like, um, that was who I love the Nirvana version of that song. That's so dope. I like iconic. It. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Uh, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Very upset about this question. Yeah. Um, I would say that I, I am more frequently compared to Janis Joplin, but I relate to Stevie Nicks because she was one of the first uh, contraltos that I ever heard sing and i have a as you can hear a lower register voice um definitely a contra alto sometimes i can sing like male tenor parts um but i can't i I refuse to answer this one refuses (laughs) refuses to answer that's okay that's okay you're allowed that's the only one that's the only one i'll refuse (laughs) <laughs> um the the um stereotypical big one the beatles are the stones oh, the beatles are the rolling stones mm-hmm. i was beatles beatles girl i appreciate yeah. them both but uh in terms of like how i grew up my dad was a hardcore beatles fan yeah. i've sung sung in a bunch of different beatles tribute shows as a guest singer um and yeah that's 
That one was also easy for me, although I know very controversial. Depend either one you say is like controversial to someone out there. So, <laughs> um, you, you know, you mentioned Beatles tribute um, uh, shows, and I'm just going to throw this out here into the universe because right. uh, sometimes when I put things out in the universe, they come through. And I've actually talked to this gentleman about coming onto the show, um, and he said he was into it, and we just haven't scheduled it. But I played a Beatles tribute show once um, uh, where um, Jim Boja performed. And, ah. um, and I got done playing. I played, I think, right before him. And then he played and he got off stage and he came over to me. And, and my, my, my song was um, No Reply because I'm a giant. Nice. Guy. And uh, so I did No Reply. And he came over and he was like, dude, No Reply. No one does that. And I was like, and it was like one of my greatest moments as a musician ever. Like I was just like, Jim Bosia thinks that I'm good at no replies. So that means nice. I'm the, the nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice. That's a great yeah. story. That's fun. Um, the uh, last one of these Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? No stairway denied. Uh, I got to go with Bohemian Rhapsody, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, now I was I was kind of shocked because as it clicked that, you know, the, the Zeppelin tribute passed and then the uh, Roberta Faceplant. But yeah, so my uh, my Zeppelin tribute band's niche was that we refused to play Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, now, uh, here's a surprise. I didn't um, set this send this one in advance, but I, I have a very special one uh, just for you. Oh, um, shit. You ready? Patsy I'm Klein. Oh. Patsy Klein or Loretta Lynn? Uh, man, that's another tough one that I almost wouldn't answer, but I will say that my first love of the two was definitely Patsy Klein. Yeah. Um, that was that holds a very special place in my memory because me and my dad would always sing those songs in the car. And uh, now it's cool. I've got the band doing like three or four Patsy covers for this Brickett Lounge show that we got coming up. So <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah. on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> four hour gig, nine to one. We've learned so many country covers for y'all. Uh, of course, we have some originals peppered in there too, but uh, we have. It's going to be a lot of crowd pleasers. So, if if that's your thing, definitely come check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great barbecue. Uh, I'm I'm excited to get out there. That's so cool. Uh, second half of the jauntlet. These are this is my favorite. These are the <laughs> things I love to hear from people. This is the top ten countdown. Um, as you know, being in Philadelphia from t- 2008 till now, the John you can use to be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be music. It can be anything in the world. So, right. number one, what was your first John? What was the first thing you were obsessed with as a kid? I'm gonna go with the Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just went to a screening on Sunday of the Muppet movie uh, oh, man, that's uh, in, awesome. in the theater because I always wanted to see it on the big screen and it did not disappoint. Oh, that would be awesome. I would love to see that on the big screen. Um, I Yeah, that one was kind of hard. So I was like, there's so many different directions I can go with this. But that popped into my head and I was like, yeah, like Muppets got me definitely into like music sketches comedy like theater you know what i mean that was yeah, kind of like all definitely the muppets so i i credit them as an early influence <laughs> um do you have a favorite muppet oh uh i <laughs> this is a you know i definitely relate highly to miss piggy but yeah. i was always a very big gonzo fan and if you really pressed me on it, like I would go something like real niche and say like like Bean Bunny or something. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Uh, Gonzo is You're my favorite. Gonzo guy. Gonzo's I'm, uh, like I I relate to him on so many levels. Um, some that I'm not even ready to um, even really address. <laughs> um, but yeah. I have to be very quiet about saying who my favorite Muppet is because uh, Petey 
back here will get very upset. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I was like, I know uh, you'll be receptive to this answer. Uh, yes. Been meaning yes. to bring it up the whole interview. You got yes. your little guy sitting behind you. I don't think um, I didn't notice that. <laughs> well, I, I will send you a link after we finish this. But um, on my birthday, the first year I did this podcast, um, I decided to put myself through this jauntlet and I had Petey interview me. So there's a video oh, on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I got to see that. Muppet interviewing me. It's um quite fun. Quite fun. Um, number two, what's your current, John? What are you into right now? See, now I debated this answer too. And what I, what I settled on was that right now I am learning a bunch of new shit. I am learning a lot about the music industry. I've been, um, working with, a got through doing the open mic at Dobbs. I've been gotten more involved with DVT entertainment, the guys that do the booking at Dobbs and, uh, you know, kind of helping them with marketing and, even booking a little bit, a couple shows now and then ticketing, stuff like that. Um, so to be on the other end of emails, you know, I'm usually on, I'm usually on the asking for show side and kind of see like all that they go through and, you know, like, uh, it's been very eye opening. So, um, I say learning music industry and also I'm trying to learn guitar again. Oh, cool. So I've started taking guitar lessons with Maddie Clouser, who's a awesome musician who's in a bunch of bunch of Philly bands, uh, Pillow Princess, Mandy Valentine. There's so many. I can't even name all the bands that, that she's in. But um, so, yeah, I've been learning new things, which is difficult and scary, but also rewarding. That's awesome. Um, is the F chord any better for you? Oh, uh, listen, it, it's going to be a while before we get back there. Apparently, I have a lot of bad technique to unlearn. Mm. From trying to teach myself, so <laughs> that was my problem. Um, and rudiments, and, man, I hate it, but it's, I'm, it's, I'm going to try this time. You know, I'm actually going to try. I'm going to practice and try. So <laughs> it's weird. The F was very hard for me too when I first started learning, and now one of my favorite chords. So oh you'll, yeah, you'll get there. I appreciate that, man. I it gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, number three, what was your first concert? What was the first live show you went to? So I have two answers for this. The first concert I saw with adult supervision was Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yes. <laughs> at the Chautauqua Institute, which is a beautiful place to see a show if you're ever over in Ohio. Um, or is that New York? I don't know. Uh, the first concert I went to with my friends without any adult supervision was 98 Degrees and the opener was Jessica Simpson. Wow. <laughs> At Hello. the Jerry Oint Ballpark in Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> that is awesome. A little, little uh, Nick and Jessica action. So I that, like it. They had just started dating and we were all like 12-year-old, 14-year-old girls. So we booed her. <laughs> <laughs> It's Even awesome. though she was perfectly good. <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, number four, what was your last concert? What was the last live show you went to? Uh, the last concert that I saw was uh, my friend Eric 13 uh, put on, uh, it was kind of like a hybrid concert, like theatrical performance. Once again at the Gloria Day Church, uh, it was a Sexton Sideshow production. Um, but he put on a concert called Bowie Church that was part of the uh, Philly Loves Bowie Week. Um, and it was him performing different David Bowie songs. But in between, he had monologues prepared about like where in his life that Bowie song popped up and like 
a meaningful way. And like one of the best stories he told was that like his friend was a fashion designer for David Bowie. And so he ended up being David Bowie's fit model because they had the same size body. And so she would design garments for David Bowie, but like on his body. And then like, yeah. So like it was cool. It was like a little bit. I had to think I was like, technically it was a concert because there was musical sure. performances. So um, yeah, Bowie Church was my last concert that I that saw. That sounds incredible. In January. Yeah. Wow. That sounds really <laughs> awesome. Uh, number five, what was your favorite concert? What was the best show you went to? This was another really, really tough one. Um, and I landed on, um, just because I feel like it will never, this experience will probably never happen for me again. Um, but I saw Beyonce at the link twice, but the time that was the most memorable, um, as part of working with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, when we were a grantee, when I was at Rock to the Future, they're like, ask us for anything you want. And if we can, you know, donate it, like we'll give it. And I was like, can we have a bunch of tickets to see Beyonce? <laughs> Floor seats. And they're like, how many do you need? <laughs> wow. So I got to see Beyonce during the Formation World Tour from the 10th row. Jesus. Um, the elements of this show were the worst. It was probably like the coldest day. It was sleeting rain. So like you would think it would be miserable, but she gave like, it makes me emotional. Like the, the, the show that she put on in the sleeting rain, like she's not a human being. Like she's like one of like probably the greatest performer of our time. Like it was, it was, I, I sobbed like in the middle wow. of the show, like at the part where she like pointed out near me and my friend's like, she pointed at you. She pointed <laughs> at you. And I like fell to the ground. Like, <laughs> so I'm going to go it. There's a lot of compare. I also saw Lady Gaga at the electric factory before she was famous. So that was like runner up, I think. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Two very awesome choices. I know. I know. <laughs> I love it. Uh, number six, who have you never seen live that you wish you would have? They can be living or dead. Of the gauntlet, this was the quickest answer for me, which is Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed with Michael Jackson as a kid, and the fact that I never got to see him live is still something that I, I am will, bum bummed about, you know. Uh, when I send you that link of me interviewing myself uh, with, uh, or, or Petey interviewing me, there's a picture of me um, as a small child in my um, uh, Beat It jacket. Um, oh, man. With my Michael Jackson sunglasses on and you will see how obsessed I was as a matter of fact I'll go this far I was so obsessed with Michael Jackson that um, I had um, in high school a long ponytail and yeah. I used to dress like um, Michael in the way you make me feel video yep, I love that um, music video it's like my and, favorite one but in high school that was 93 and this was like post first allegation Michael right and right. I still was in there like as a day one just like am I not the coolest in this hat with this ponytail what are we doing couldn't tell you nothing I uh, no. <laughs> bouncing off that real quick I there you know you had to fill out those things in grade school that was like what's your name what do you want to be when you grow up what's your favorite song what's your favorite? it's kind of like the childhood gauntlet my yeah. my parents kept one that I did that's like literally like seven of the ten answers are like it was like what do you want to be when you grow up Michael Jackson who's your favorite <laughs> artist Michael Jackson what's your favorite song will you be there from the movie Free Willy by Michael Jackson like you know like <laughs> that's awesome 
what's your favorite color michael jackson like i just was like put it for every single answer i just put michael jackson like what's your favorite food michael jackson like uh so yeah i feel you man so what that's, was that's- the um i just i just watched it what was the um michael jackson cover you guys did with uh you do you at ardmore that's up on youtube we did uh we should bring that back we used to do uh leave me alone yes which is kind of like a deeper cut um so yeah good. so will, good uh, I love that. So at, at Drew and I's wedding, uh, we had Swift Technique as our wedding band, and then we got up and sang one song with them, which was uh, Man in the Mirror. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. So definitely Michael Jackson. I love it. E- easy answer. <laughs> uh, number seven, name an unappreciated John, something you wish had a little more shine to it. I think that people make too much fun of 90s country i think that 90s country music is actually really enjoyable and good and this is just like a hill that i'll die on lately probably because i'm practicing for this bricket lounge show and i'm revisiting a lot of these songs that i'm like you know when people talk about country music they talk about like they they, like is it country music like is it pg is like post garth you know right but there's some good stuff in there the chicks were great shania twain was great there's so 90s country underappreciated. I am right there with you, man. Trisha Trish, <laughs> Trish yeah. Yearwood was great. Yeah. Faith Hill was great. They were, yeah. Oh, 90s got people big jokes about it, but I'm like, I don't know. There's stuff in there that I really still like. And I, I, um, <laughs> I, I, I was, uh, uh, you know, like a, a closet country, um, a pop country, even, yeah, uh, guy up to, um, somewhere around Toby Keith. That's when it started to get like uh, I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah, I was right? like, but but don't get me wrong because there are there are some um, you know uh, like like Dirk Bentley. I'll listen to Dirk Bentley. I'll admit it. Like you know stuff like that. But do you remember Rascal Flats? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> God. That was my my yearbook quote was Rascal Flats. It was between them and Pink Floyd. That's another thing that I'm like it's kind of cringe about me. <laughs> <laughs> the duality there is uh, is fascinating. I went with Rascal Flats at the end. Oh, all right, all right. Hey, you made a choice. That's a- <laughs> 90s country, baby. Can we go back to the one hit wonders? Uh, Pink Floyd or Rascal Flatts? <laughs> oh, my one. God. I'll I have to really add can't. that. Yeah, please, add that please do. <laughs> uh, number eight, what's your favorite album? This was honestly, I, I wrote down like seven and I'm just going <laughs> to like have to wing it. Yeah, go for it. Can I can I say like three? Yeah, makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, sure. I do. So Pink Floyd. If we're gonna tag off of that, Pink Floyd Animals definitely one of, in my top three favorite albums. I had a Pink Floyd band that I'm not sure is gonna make it through the pandemic because it's a ten piece band. It's even more difficult to oh practice for than you do. But we did. That was how we started. Is that we covered Animals start to finish, and then we did another show where we covered animals and wish we were here start to finish um but the reason we did that is because animals is my freaking favorite pink floyd definitely my favorite pink floyd album in my top three favorite albums of all time um so there's my like cool guy answer um because i was thinking about this i'm like there's songs i really there's albums i really like but like an album that i can listen to start to finish anytime anywhere any day um, and you probably haven't heard of this one. Uh, there's an artist called Carrie Ann Hurst, and she's half of Shovels and Rope, which you probably okay. have heard of. That's it, I was wondering. Her name sounded familiar, but yes, her 
I like Shovels Interrupt just fine. They're a great band. I went and saw them at Brooklyn Bowl and I cried. It was amazing to be that close to them in a venue like that. But uh, her her solo stuff before she did Shovels and Rope is so good. Really? Uh, and so there's an album that she released, uh, her second album, I think, called Lions and Lambs. And I can, it's just like, it's on my, there's very few songs that I have like saved that I've bought like on my phone, like in my iTunes from the iTunes store, you know? Um, and it's like a go-to, like if I'm driving in the car, I'm just like, I can put this on and I'm good for, you know, like 90 minutes, like, yeah. or, or you can take a nap. I'm just belting out every song, you know? Um, another one of my favorite albums that I just listened to this morning. It's very good when you're in an angry mood. Um, this one's also going to make me look a little bit sus, a little cringe, but I love Incubus. Um, so, uh, science by Incubus, uh, okay. early, harder rocking Incubus. I've freaking love and them and tom petty are the acts that i've seen live the most times okay um i have to stop i'm just gonna keep naming albums this was very different i i don't stand by any of those i reserve the right to change my mind in five seconds but you're more right now too. <laughs> like that thank you Nate. <laughs> yeah it's like i said it's your world as much as this is my world <laughs> what's land? your favorite album so if I put a gun to your head, what's your favorite? <laughs> it's it, I, it doesn't even take me a second to answer. Really? It's an immediate. Okay. Um, but but it's weird because um, and, and I, I can already I can already hear um, people listening to this show going here. Here he fucking goes again. But uh, my favorite <laughs> album, my favorite album of all time is Pinkerton by Weezer. But I don't even know that I like Weezer anymore. Like, I just don't like I. I and so this is why they're all rolling their eyes. I, I have this whole piece that I've been working on. On for years now, which is I want to um, I have a spreadsheet and I, I've broken out like all different data points about every single Weezer song ever written. <laughs> and I'm trying to quantitatively answer the question whether or not I like Weezer <laughs> based <laughs> off of the data. Um, it's It's been like my life project. But um, but yes, Pinkerton by Weezer is my favorite. That was, album. A, that was a big album for me in high school. Weezer in a, a third eye blind man. Oh, I, God. I rocked out to a lot of that. We were eerie PA. That was like, that was like where the, the thumb was on the pulse, you know, for me in <laughs> yeah. high school. So I'm not judging you. I'm not judging no, you. No, it's all right. It's fine. Good. I, I'm fine with that answer. This is a safe space. This is yeah. a safe space. <laughs> uh, number nine, name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they put out. Um, I'm going to go with what was my immediate reaction to this. Uh, and I am not ashamed of this. I will defend her till the, till the day I die. Uh, but I will, anytime Miley Cyrus drops something, I will definitely check it out. And I usually like it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, up on back in, now this is going to tell you how long ago this was, um, back on my MySpace page when I, when I was a, a performer, um, I had a really great cover of Seven Things, which was like my favorite oh. jam of all time. Your fame, your fame, your yes, you like <laughs> Oh my god! Yes, I love yes. Miley. Miley's always been great, um, and I don't think people give her enough credit. I'm very glad that Flowers is finally like, like yeah. she's got like a really big hit because Miley Cyrus has always been good. Look up her uh, if you haven't already seen these. She does like these backyard sessions. Yes, um, have the you one, seen those? Like the, the Lilac with... Wine cover kills oh me. The, the one she did with. Um... 
uh, Laura Jane Grace. Yes, like, oh yes. my God. Yeah. So she, she could really sing. I saw Miley at the Electric Factory too with uh, Miley Cyrus and her dead pets. So it was the uh, Flaming Lips. Yeah. Oh, Miley with the nice. Flaming Lips. That was a very memorable show. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's cool. That's um, yeah, no, I no, definitely no judgment here. I I am a big fan. As <laughs> yes, a matter good. of fact, I don't know if you've ever heard the um the podcast switched on pop, but um, no, I'll check uh, it out. Uh, it's it, they break down pop songs. It's a musicologist and a um, songwriter, and they kind of like just show you like different things and techniques in pop songs that have been used in music throughout time and why they're effective and like oh, kind of cool. stuff like that. It's it's an awesome show. But um, occasionally, I'll send them emails, and one of the first ones I sent them was like, uh, "Hey, do you guys like Malibu by Miley Cyrus? Because I think it's an absolutely beautiful song. And it works on so many levels. Whole album didn't get enough credit." <laughs> Actually, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I also introduced them to um, Pearl Charles, uh, which was an yes. so, um, honestly, I was I was worried that that was the last concert that I saw, which was like in October when it was like last concert that you saw. I was like, have I not been to a concert since October? No. <laughs> but that was yeah, I love Pearl Charles. I even wrote her down possibly as like a favorite album ever. But I was like, ah, oh, that's a pretty new album. I guess yeah. that would be. That would no, be that, bold that thing blew for me, me to away. Say, but I love Magic Mirror. Yeah, yeah, that blew me away the first time I heard it. I, I was just like, I immediately um, emailed and was like, "Hey, do you want to come on this show?" And she was like, "Yeah, absolutely. When do you want to do this?" I was like, "What?" Okay. <laughs> I was, I was so I was like, no. "I didn't think that would work." Yeah. No, because I, I I do. I send I send emails out all the time. Like I'm I'm a little upset. Taylor Swift never replied to me, but wow. whatever. Um, uh, Will Smith. Will <laughs> Screw Smith. Her. Yeah. Will Smith even post slap never got back to me, but whatever. <laughs> Um, but no, so I'm always and he sending. He could have used the good PR. Exactly, you know? I'm always sending these emails out and not expecting to hear back. And then sometimes, you know, crazy things happen. But uh, the Pearl Charles was one of the first ones where she was just like, "Yeah, absolutely, let's do this." I was like, oh, "Okay." Yeah, she, she's cool as hell <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh the 10th and final of the top 10 countdown what is your favorite john of all time again can be whatever you would like it to be philadelphia yeah it's so I, i've been here so long especially right now uh for folks who are in the future uh by the time you listen to this i think we'll be uh Super Bowl champions. Yeah, we already won. Just don't even, don't even, <laughs> just put that energy out there. Don't even say anything other than that. It's been such a good year for that feel good feeling of Philly, too. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I moved here and that was my first experience at the city. And like, when everybody's happy and getting along, and even when they're not, I don't know, I just like it here. It's, it's like, it's kept me here as long as it has. You know what I mean? Like, uh, not exactly the country music capital of the world. You know what I mean? Like, not but yet. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not yet. Um, and honestly, that just, I don't know. I didn't write anything down for that. And I just realized that as soon as you asked me, I'm like, oh, yes. shit, I kind of forgot about number 10. So that was the first thing that popped into my head and heart is that, uh, you know, all the good and all the bad, all the gritty, all the filthy, all the, you know, the we don't give a fuck. I, I just like it here. It's a great city. I, Eagles I are it. great. It's, you know, I uh, right now. Loving, loving the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia life. Beautiful answer. So, <laughs> so um, this Saturday, February twenty fifth at nine p.m. Brickett's Lounge. Um, yeah, we're what, gonna pick up and take it to Westchester. It's awesome. What you said? Three hours you're doing? 
Yeah, it'll be nine to one. Nine to one. We'll do three different sets. Uh, got got a great band um, and great food, from what I'm told. Apparently, this is a long-standing establishment. They're reopened, I think, under new management. It looks like they've, you know, added a lot of nice neon lights on that stage. I'm pretty excited about it. So they've been doing a, you know, western and honky tonk music. Uh, don't have a lot of spots that are just dedicated to that kind of music. So I'm very excited to be playing for, you know, for a room full of people who are like just there to hear, you know, country western music and dance and drink some beers, eat some barbecue, and have a great time. So. Yeah, very, very excited. It's our first show at uh, Bricket Lounge, first time in Westchester, trying to get out of the city more, you know, expand my wings a little bit more this year. As much as I love Philly, it can be a little saturated here with with musical concerts and shows. And when you take take it on the road, meet new people, you know, never know how you're going to be received. So I'm very excited, very excited to play this place for the first time. Gonna be gonna be a honky tonkin' good time. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love so it. Yeah. So if you're in the Westchester area, come on by. Free show. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, keep talking comes out this Friday, the 24th, which is uh, I've guys. Spoiler alert! I've heard it and it's fucking awesome. Uh, you're gonna <laughs> love it. So check that out. Uh, Sunbeams is out. Uh, Two Gunslingers is out. Um, so you 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 alluded to it. Do you have a target for for the uh, album or? Every time I say a date, I look stupid because that's always going to take longer. But um, I don't know that it'll be a it'll be a a double release year for me. But I would like to immediately get back in there. And now, especially like with my guys kind of warmed up from these, you know, um, will have been warmed up from the show at Brickett. We had uh, another show at Dawson Street Pub uh, February 11th. Um, let, they're fresh. Let's get in the studio, ladies down. You know, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Let's say like I will try to take less than two years. So maybe maybe later in the year, maybe early 2024. um, Maybe I can just really like focus and get it done for you guys. And it'll be a couple months and and I'll I'll look real smart instead of stupid. But (laughs) that's awesome. I'm excited to work on it. I'm excited to get back into the studio and and lay it down. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm excited to listen to it. If these folks want to find you on the Internet, what's the best way to track you down? So uh, for Roberta Faceplant, RobertaFaceplant.com. That's also my at Roberta Faceplant on Instagram and, you know, Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, For you, do you for funky stuff? Uh, everything's usually at you do you music. That's also our, our website, you do you music.com. And it's, you know, like the very hard to Google phrase, just like Y O U D O Y O U. Our SEO is staggering. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm working on my katiefeeney.com website. So maybe that'll be up by the time this comes out. But, uh, yeah, or every Wednesday at Dobbs, come and, uh, come and share some art with me. We have open mic at 8 PM and, Sometimes there till two. We'll stay there till uh, people are done playing music. But those are the many places that you can find me at, Nate. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And thanks for creating like all of the very different music that you do and all of the stuff you do. And I'm very happy that um, that you have spit in the face of those people that were trying to stifle your art back in your performance high school because those dummies didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. And I'm just, I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation. 
Yeah, likewise. I really, really am grateful for what you do to kind of shine a spotlight on, you know, everybody. And uh, we couldn't do it without people like you kind of cheerleading and, you know, making us feel like we're not just yelling into the void at no one. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, thank you. I'm very grateful to you for having me on. I know I'm a no, no Will Smith, but I think we had a pretty, pretty good time. <laughs> You're better than Will Smith to me, if you ask. <laughs> So much fun. My thanks again to Katie for joining me on the show today. The Roberta Faceplant singles Two Gunslingers and Sunbeams are available now at robertafaceplant.bandcamp.com or wherever you stream music. And her next single, Keep Talking, will be out this Friday, February 24th, in the very same places. This Saturday, the 25th, you can catch her performing at Brickett's Lounge in Westchester starting at 9 p.m. That show is free, so make sure to go and check it out. Links to all of these are included in the show notes. If you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo! That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And gang, it is never too late to get yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the previous episodes of this podcast. And while you are there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight into your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yo that's my John and search yo that's my John on YouTube to find the yo that's my John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. You know, I got to get me a good pair of shades because baby, the future looks a bright blue skies until next time everybody hey yo displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure your taste in music doesn't have to be yo that's my john is a lonely monk production written and produced by yours truly nate runkle theme song by phil tyler music featuring nate 3.0 special thanks to fox run brands dx ferris andrew scott Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo, that's my John at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. <laughs>